Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Good afternoon, Christine. Good afternoon. This is weird. We're doing this at a very different time. (laughs) Yes, we are doing this at a very different time, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out why I feel so unbelievably energetic and upbeat. And that's because it's not it is six not in the morning. The crack, it's not the crack of dawn here in Portland right now. <laughs> well, and we're uh, we're recording a little later uh, than usual because you are on your April vacation, which is a Massachusetts uh, tradition. Am I right? It is a weird Massachusetts thing. We do February and April vacation instead of like spring break in March, which I think is quite typical in many other places. Indeed. I think it's just because the winters are so long and they feel like we need a break by February. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it is unbelievably apropos that we are recording during your April vacation because today we're going to be talking about the idea of preserving slow. Some of the slowness that maybe we have adopted during this quarantine period and possibly want to maintain as we merge back into the traffic of regular life. And um, the idea for this podcast actually came from you because you wrote a Washington Post article, uh, I think titled something similar, but it was basically about this idea. And I just, I would love to know what inspired you to write that article. Yes. Well, I should say to start off, I think it is really fitting, as you said, that we're recording this during my break, because I have found that this week, I, when it's vacation and when I go on vacation, that means I turn my out of office on on my email, which is very, very, that's like my protective (laughs) layer in connection to the outside world. But I've still been like quietly pushing some things along. And John jokes that me being on vacation is like Christine working like a normal person, (laughs) just way lower gear, super lovely, just going slower. It's kind of a, it's really been quite amazing. So Mm -hmm. With the Washington Post article, actually, that was my first assignment where the editor at the Washington Post reached out and said, hey, we're putting together a package about things we want to keep from the pandemic in after times. And I thought you would be perfect to write this piece. And of course, I, you know, was thrilled about that. And also because I've been thinking so much and 
really, you know, if you want to paint an image of it, really kind of digging in my heels as the rest of the world around me has started to try to push me into making plans. I'm just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was- I get the, it. Yeah, that was the idea. We'll link up the article. And it was interesting. Actually, you know, a former guest, Erin Lochner, was, uh, quote, I quoted her in the article. She was a guest on this pod for her book, Chasing Slow. I even interviewed a Korean monk and he responded, like, how cool is that? But it was really practical tips in in how to try to carve out and protect those things that you really care about. So I'm glad we're really going to talk about that today in concrete terms about our own lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm really glad that you um, that you wrote that piece, that you actually gave it some, you know, really focused thought, this idea of um, not rushing back into sort of just jumping back into the before, which doesn't exactly exist, does it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we are entering into something new. And while there are lots of things we may be happy about returning to, there are lots of feelings around, uh, you know, sort of getting started again. And it's just good to have a moment to actually say to ourselves, we have some choices. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have more choices, more choices than others. And that is obviously the case. You know, this pandemic has affected so many people so differently in such different ways. But the point is that we do, I mean, there are spaces where we can pause and say, you know, what's actually working? What what wasn't working before? Hmm, this is a really good moment for that. And I'm just really glad that, um, you know, that we can follow up on your article just by giving some concrete examples from our own lives, just what we're thinking about, you know, some of the stuff we may not even be sure about yet, mm-hmm. because, I mean, people are in various states of vac- vaccination. People are in various states of return. You know, yeah. it's 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 all in flux. Um, it is, but I'm yes. glad to be talking about this. Yes. And before we dive in, I will just underline that point about being in different states, because I found I have found that I have been in the last phase of the vaccination here in Massachusetts. And so really feeling like I have been thrilled anytime I've seen someone post a selfie, but with their, you know, vaccination, but I didn't get mine. I actually unexpectedly got mine about eight days earlier than I had originally planned. Thank you, CVS. That was unexpected. But when Massachusetts opened up on the 19th, I just tried and I actually got an appointment. Um, But my point is that because I had not even had a first shot yet, it was not even, it has not even been in the realm of possibility to me mentally to go there. So a lot of people who I know have been talking about travel, they're just on a different runway than I am because they've already had their vaccination or whatever, all manner of factors. But I just wanted to say that wherever you are is exactly where you deserve to be. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, as we talk about these things, these are things that you and I are kind of wrestling with or thinking about or wanting and everybody's story is going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yes, yes, very, very good. And I think um, I, I appreciate you saying that about, you know, sort of the thought process and how it's connected to the vaccination status. I know that was the case for me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. I was not even prepared to really think beyond, you know, 48 to 72 hours, honestly, in some ways. <laughs> and um um, that is slowly changing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's taking time, but it's slowly changing. And that's uh, even that is a really interesting process to sort of step back and look at. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway, why don't we uh, why don't we jump in and, yeah. and let's talk about some of the ways that we want to preserve slow in our own yes. lives. Well, I'm going to start with the thing that in my mind feels 
like it's going to require the most strong intention on my part and kind of standing my ground around things. And that involves work travel. And I love traveling for work, or at least I used to. And sometimes it was completely nutty. So during this time, I really have been thinking, especially as some annual meetings that I usually have, you know, full day meetings um, have just taken place on Zoom. And some of them have actually been really amazing. (laughs) So I've really been thinking about how I'm going to advocate against unnecessary travel in the future. Specifically, I'm thinking about the sort of day trips I used to do to New York and D.C. within a day where I'd fly out really early in the morning, take a full day of meetings, fly back the same day. Because while, you know, in in perhaps that sounds kind of fancy and exciting, it's a lot. It's a huge drain in energy. It's expensive and it's a huge drain on the planet. So uh, I used to do this quite regularly. And I was also thinking it didn't make it into my Washington Post piece because I had to trim words. But I was thinking about another trip I did. You might remember this, Asha, where I traveled from Boston to Chicago, Chicago to Palm Springs, California, and then Palm Springs back to to Boston in the span of less than 48 hours. I actually got flagged by security because they were like, whoa, this this looks shady. (laughs) (laughs) But those kind of trips, they're they're kind of exciting. It's sort of fun to say you did them, but Mm -hmm. huge, huge drain. And I'm really going to be digging in my heels and thinking, is this necessary? Do I have the energy for this? You know, can we achieve the goal a different way? Okay, this is really exciting. Now, I, I am in a very different position because I don't do a lot of work travel at this stage of my career. But um, this is exciting to me, both like as your personal friend, you know, <laughs> just because I know what a big thing it is, both the positives and the negatives, work travel. But I think the other thing that I am so excited about at this particular moment is that, you know, we, we've we just had some really big announcements from our government about climate leadership, some mm. huge, huge steps that this country is about to take in terms of tackling climate change and addressing, uh, you know, resource use. And I personally believe this is one of this is such a huge piece of that and um, and a doable thing that people can really do, which is hey, do we really need to have uh, an in-person meeting? You know, like that's actually a reasonable thing to do that can have a massive impact across workplaces, across the environment of our country, uh, I mean, and and the world. So uh, this has very exciting possibilities. Like it sort of gets my brain tingling just thinking about this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there aren't always good direct connections between an individual action and like a global impact. And it seems to me like this one really is. Yep. Yep. So, yes. Okay. So my uh, my first uh, sort of thing that I'm thinking about here is, you know, it's much more small scale. And that is I want to preserve the more frequent phone calls I've been having with friends and family. Mm-hmm. So I have dur- during the quarantine, I ended up setting up, you know, it, it looks differently depending upon, you know, who and what. But I now have some weekly standing phone calls. I have a weekly WhatsApp call with my cousin in India. I have a weekly Zoom with my extended family in California. So and I'm I'm just keeping in closer touch with other folks in my life, people that I love, people that I care about. I talk to my mom almost every day now. That mm-hmm. is new. Mm-hmm. And I that has changed my life. That has really, truly changed my life to have these regular, in some cases scheduled, in some cases not, but regular 
voice conversations with the people that I love to really um, sort of put my relationships front and center. And, you know, the flip side of that is that I'm actually saying no to other inputs in my life to make that space um, available and to keep it open. You know, Mm -hmm. so I am not I'm actually not on social media. Um, I've barely been on social media um, and I've been slowly taking steps away. And, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. And it's a very personal decision. It's not like I'm saying everybody get away from social media. I'm not saying that at all. But that is one of the ways that I have been, you know, reserving that time. And I have to say that it's um, it's the impact is so much more than I even realize. So that's mm-hmm. something that I intend to maintain. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, the next thing I want to talk about, I realized um, that I kind of have ordered my thoughts in terms of maybe the things that are going to require um, the most energy to resist against the tide. <laughs> and that is kids activities, because as you know, and as our regular listeners know, I am firmly in the camp, thanks to my husband, John, of the belief that any decision that a family member makes impacts the entire family system. You know, if your kid needs a signs up for an activity, somebody's got to pay for that. Somebody's got to give rides, possibly things like that. And it's interesting because as this pandemic has gone on and on, I've seen that my kids have are just going to be very different in how much they do or do not want to be scheduled. And the pandemic has impacted them in opposite ways. One of my kids wants to get out and go and do all the things, and the other really wants to be home more. So I'm finding that we just have to give everything a lot of thought. <laughs> and really, again, just like as I talked with, with work travel, really think about, is this, am I just going through the motions, or do we really want to do this? And mm-hmm. how is that going to affect everybody in the equation? Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of a big one. I- mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge one. And and so interesting to me that it's a conversation that you and I have had basically for years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, it's sort of a fascinating thing to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have a lot more to talk about and we will get to that after a quick break. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Okay, friends, we are back and we're going to talk about some of the stuff we want to protect in the aftertimes. (laughs) And my next one is very unexpected to me, and it is related to grocery shopping. I think anybody who listens to us, Asha, knows we like food a lot. We think about food a lot. (laughs) We think about food storage and food waste and beans and And food consumption and food consumption and everything. Delicious, delicious food consumption. And our listeners love food too, which is of course awesome. So the unexpected thing for me is that I have discovered the joy of grocery delivery or curbside pickup. And I will say that I used to think I was too picky to have somebody else shop for me. Like I remember when grocery delivery first became available. And I was like, uh, no, 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 not for me. Somebody's going to pick me moldy apples. It's going to be terrible. And aside from missing Trader Joe's, I have been perfectly happy to not shop, which I stopped doing after we had a COVID scare at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And I haven't missed it one bit. It has saved me so much time. And I know it's Mm -hmm. a little more expensive, but it's, I have found it to be worth it. Okay. It's so fascinating because uh, I too have only been using delivery and curbside um, for since the beginning, really since the winter surge. And uh, I too have missed Trader Joe's. It's funny how we both have Trader Joe's in our brain. Um, and and so I have another perspective on this. I am now two weeks out from my second vaccine. So I now have immunity. Yay! And it is such a, an amazing thing to... I, I, I'm actually doing all the same sort of things that many people have just been doing all along. You know, I look the same. I've got my mask on and all that stuff, but I'm back at, I'm back at Trader Joe's and I'm back at some other favorite shops, but not others that I'm not really that, that aren't as fun to go to. I still am doing um, grocery pickup for those. I have noticed something really interesting that the casual interactions I have with store employees and, you know, the people you run into and strangers and just folks like that's a really big part of my happiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, those casual conversations. I, I am that person who talks to strangers and strikes up conversations. And I realized that that really, uh, that was a big thing that was missing from my life that I didn't exactly notice. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was missing was spontaneity in my cooking. I couldn't just say, you know, walk into my favorite, you know, local grocery store and go, oh, asparagus is on sale. You know, yes. that sort of thing. Yes. So I have noticed how much I've been loving doing that. So I think from here on out, though, my grocery shopping is going to be a mix of in-person and pickup. I, I'm I glad agree. I know about it now. Yeah. Yes. Once I, once I, after I get through my second shot and the mm-hmm. window and everything, I think mm-hmm. my first in-person visit will be to Trader Joe's. <laughs> 
That was my husband's and my first date. Isn't that that's so Trader it's so sexy? Joe's. <laughs> We're a little addicted to their jumbo raisins. Okay. So. Oh my god. All right. Um, all right. So my next thing that I am. Uh, it's actually a surprise to me, too, that I want to preserve are my live Zoom exercise classes. Really? Yes. Okay. Now, this is a Let's surprise. Yeah. Because I have never been somebody who liked exercise videos back in the Jane Fonda days and in the YouTube days. Never liked them. <laughs> okay. Jane Fonda videos. Anyone remember them? Okay, I remember I Jane maybe. Fonda. Okay. <laughs> Um, but I'm saying that exercise videos were always just so boring to me and I never liked them, but it is completely different for me to have a live exercise class via zoom. It's really interesting. It, it the classes give me structure, but more importantly, mm-hmm. it gives me a connection with, um, you know, the woman who's running the classes, this is her business. And also the, the sort of communal human experience I'm having with other folks in the class, even though like one of them's in California, one of them's, you know, blah, blah, you know, it doesn't even matter somehow. That feeling of us all doing the same thing at the same time just feels really um, energizing to me. Yeah. Do, you, do no. you see each other? Is it is it like a Zoom situation where you all see everybody else's squares or do you just see the no. instructor? Okay. I just see the instructor, but now I'm not sure if that's because that's my Zoom setting or what. I don't no, know. I bet that's how she or he yeah, th- has it set I, up. Okay. I think that's how she has it set up. Yes. So it's just really interesting that I love exercising with people, but it's kind of nice not to have the overhead associated with a gym, you know, driving there, the whole thing. And plus, this is big for me. I get to pay my monthly fee, which is equivalent to what I would pay to a gym, to a person, an entrepreneur, a woman. Yeah. Yeah, she's running a business and I love paying her you know, Venmoing her money as opposed to paying money to a company every month. So Mm -hmm. that is, which is not to say companies shouldn't get money, but I just like that feeling. So I'm going to continue with my Zoom exercise classes as long as she offers them. Yeah. I don't know why I registered such surprise, by the way, because my main form of exercise through this pandemic has been yoga with Adrian YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. which I will say I've done Every single day of 2021, which is totally nuts. Damn. And the thing is, and that's because sometimes it's like a seven minute practice. Sometimes it's a 20 mm-hmm. minute, you know? So it's very, it's, uh, it's not like I'm carving out an hour a day. I don't have that kind mm-hmm. of time on me, but the thing that I love about it, not only the flexibility, but one of the things that used to bug me about going to yoga studios, which in theory, I get it. Like it's great to be in person, but when they're trying to pack people in and they make mm. you line up your yoga mat with a square that's about two inches away from somebody else, that just freaks me out. I can't. Yeah, can't that's deal. weird. <laughs> can't yeah, that's deal. weird. And are these yoga with Adrian videos live? They're they're No, they're not live. They're pre-recorded. So you can just so oftentimes, actually, because of the various different different physical ailments I've had. She has such a back catalog. I will mm-hmm. link it up in the notes that I'll often type in to YouTube search yoga with Adrian shoulder problems and do targeted practices depending on what my pain point is. Mm, So fascinating. Well, anyway, anyway, it's been great. That's awesome. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, Okay. So the next thing I want to preserve in after times and all times is the newspaper, which I've mentioned before on the podcast. (sighs) And I can't believe that one of the best little things about this pandemic was getting a newspaper subscription. It was originally gifted to me kind of in a joking manner or kind of not by my friend Casey Brown. And then I continued the subscription after their gift uh, subscription ran out because it has been delightful. And not only is it great to consume slow news, but 
the crossword and the Sudoku have become a precious family activity. As in, we sit around the table after dinner while somebody's cleaning up and other people are putting stuff away, mm-hmm. toss out clues, laugh about the fact that you know, just there's a lot of laughter and silliness and together time. And I have really found that these little, small, seemingly mundane moments of connection have just been so valuable to us as a family. Oh, that just makes me so happy. I did mess uh, up the Sudoku today. I will say I got to the point where I was like, oh, two sevens in a row. All right. Cross out a big X through this one. <laughs> use pencil. Can no, I, I do just it take in pen? This? <laughs> I know. Of course you, you do it in pen. Christine, that's what I'm saying. Do it in pencil. Can I share a my dad memory because of, of the course. newspaper? Of course. Dad and I used to do the jumble puzzle. Ah, the jumble. And, uh, and dad, I, literally, when I went to, you know, my first year of college, I commuted with my dad on the train dad would commute to work and I would commute to school because I made the mistake of living at home my first year. I really should have moved out. But anyway, this, but because of that, I had this memory. And so dad and I would sit on the 6.52 AM train um, and do the jumble puzzle every morning. And, you know, for my dad's entire life, he did the jump. I mean, we were, he was still doing the jumble puzzle, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, all the way till the end. And so I, I, I'm a great believer in the newspaper comic section and puzzles. It is just such a great thing. It's amazing. And that's, that's actually the number one thing that I miss about getting a paper newspaper, which I, anyway, we can, I I could go on and on, but maybe I will just stay off the tangent for now. Having a paper newspaper is a total gift. Yeah, totally. All right. So my last thing uh, at this particular juncture is to um, reprioritize, reprioritize what we call serendipity space. And, you know, Mm -hmm. in your, Washington Post article, you mentioned do nothing time. There's a little bit of a difference, but I think that idea is to just have blocks of nothing in your schedule. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now that things are starting back up, it's sort of interesting because, you know, the regular routine for, you know, and sort of flow for a lot of people is disrupted. And so a lot of things are starting back up for the first time. Like, for example, I have a friend who's just starting to have you know, a house cleaner come and help Mm -hmm. or classes are starting again or, you know, certain things are starting. And so like the schedule is really in flux and it really helps to have some flexibility to be able to just jump on opportunities as they happen to just say, yes, you know, Mm -hmm. if a friend's in town, you can actually see them. And, you know, we recorded an episode about this idea of serendipity space and I, I went back and checked. It was episode number six. Oh, my like gosh. Like right at the beginning. Did we even have an episode number six? That's insane. That's yeah. a really long time ago. <laughs> episode number six called Serendipity Space. So we'll wow. link it up. It's actually yeah. a really great episode. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right, cool. Okay, well, we have a few more things we want to talk about. We will do that after a quick break. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. 
So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, friends. We're back. And uh, one of the things that I am absolutely positively, definitely going to preserve um, in the aftertimes, I like that phrase, Christine, aftertimes, is weekend takeout and or scrounge for dinner. So in other words, no cooking on the weekends. I love to cook, um, but I, <laughs> boy, for a while there, it was just like the constant cooking. And I, um, I didn't want to cook. I wanted a break. I wanted other people to either cook or I wanted other people to clean up or whatever. And so we instituted a weekend takeout strategy or basically clean out the fridge strategy on weekends. And it was sort of our way to pump some money into local restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not into dining or even outdoor dining. Um, Takeout really worked for us and it allowed us to clean out the fridge. And, And I think this is important. It actually gave me a way to sort of spotlight the work that I do cooking and shopping and cleaning and you know, people help clean, but the, mostly the cooking and shopping and, and thinking through the food, it helped. Um, it gave me a way to sort of spotlight it to the family and say, hey, guess what? This is work that I do all the time. And now I'm going to stop doing that work and have a break. And it's a, it's actually a good, um, positive way to just shine a little light on sometimes work that can seem invisible. And oh it God, was also, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it can. And, and I, it was not a, you know, like, uh, it was a positive interaction for all of us. And yeah. it was, I think also a good thing for me to demonstrate to my kids how I was actually appreciating myself. I wasn't mm-hmm. waiting for them to actually express appreciation. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a good thing. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you're going to be waiting a long time because people either don't notice or they don't know and they can't read your mind. So I was like, okay, this is something I want. I'm going to do it. And it has been a really great thing. That's really great. I have uh, taken a bit more of a blunt approach on because like you, I'm I am the central cooker. And also, oh, my gosh, how many times do I wash dishes every day? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the dishes keep coming and whatever. Um, but I usually once or twice a week, I just say y'all are on your own. I have nothing left in me to prepare food or clean up after you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Go find your way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that involves take takeout. Other times people make stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, I think I'm so glad you brought this up because I think so many, there are so many people, I will say probably mostly women, um, who are doing so much of this kind of invisible type work. And I know that the food situation, it's just been nonstop, like yes. <laughs> constant. And so, yeah, that's very, very important. Well, that's sort of a tan. Sorry, I'm just going to say one last thing yeah. because you said probably women. Actually, it is absolutely documented the unbelievable 
strain that this, yeah, that this pandemic has put on women as trying to be diplomatic, but you know, well, you know, like (laughs) we're being diplomatic. We're just saying it, you know, we're just saying the truth, you know, but people who work in workplaces, people who don't, I mean, it has been, it, it, it is real. And so, you know, we haven't talked about it too much in this episode, but I think that is one way that it was a really, you know, there are other ways to, to address this, but this was one way that we were addressing it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to close. I mean, we have a couple more things we're going to talk about, but I don't want to say, I guess I'll say this is the great constant of before times and after times or pandemic times and after times, which is our dog, James, our extraordinary standard poodle. (laughs) And I anybody he he has a whole highlight reel in, in my Instagram if anybody wants to check it out. And it's really quite hilarious. But I will say that pretty much every day I say, oh my gosh, this dog is a huge pain in the butt. And also, oh my gosh, I love him so much and I appreciate him so much. So I guess the reason I wanted to bring up this dog is that he has arguably been the biggest leveler in terms of time. And I'll admit, I'm starting to realize how much having him is going to force us to change or stay the same with how we do things moving forward. And sometimes that stresses me out, but other times I'm thinking that's a really good thing. Like the idea of me having to take a midday walk, that's mm-hmm. a really good thing. Like stuff mm-hmm. like that. So he's just on my mind a lot <laughs> because mm-hmm. he requires a lot. He's still a little puppy. So, I mean, he's a year old, but he's definitely still a puppy. Yeah, yeah, and standard poodles—they sort of stay in their puppy phase for a little longer than other they, dogs. I heard just three telling, years. Yeah. Somebody told me yeah. for years, and I said, "Oh, oh, goodness gracious!" They're okay, such amazing. They're such amazing dogs. Um, well, I'm actually really glad you brought up James. Um, not only because I love him, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, you know, it's it, it just you encourage me to really think a little bit about my own dog and the role that he has played during this pandemic. Uh, it's a much it's it's a tiny chapter in a much longer story of yeah. the role he has played in our family. But um, so, you know, I won't I won't, you know, drag out the whole long story except to say that, you know, he really gave both of my kids and me this joy focus yeah. during these months of uncertainty and isolation, because, you know, first of all, he could run and play with his little friends at the dog park. You know, there are no masks, no distance, Unaffected. no nothing. and. Yeah. And it was so fun to watch that, actually. And also, you know, they are just so um, focused on the the present and the relational, you know, like realities of life. Ah, gosh. I mean, there's so much more to it. But I will say that our dog um, was was a light during some really dark times and actually was a focus for, you know, specifically for my kids when they were dealing with so much uncertainty around school. You know, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. am I going? What is happening? He was just there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I will forever be grateful to my dog for that. Oh, Teddy, mm. <laughs> which listeners, here's a little fun fact is that my husband, John, thinks Teddy and my visit to Asha, my surprise visit to Portland, Oregon a couple of years ago. He thinks that Teddy is the whole reason the little seed was planted in my brain about possibly having a dog because he's Teddy. hypoallergenic. And I snuggled him and he looked at my face and Oh my gosh, he's so cute. So anyway, <laughs> there the we number are. Of times, the number of times we're talking on the phone and, you know, I'll be walking Teddy or something and you go, Teddy. Oh, I love Teddy. <laughs> so funny. Oh 
Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, Asha, it's time to close out. I would love to hear what your next edit is for this episode. Okay. So my next edit for this episode is to actually, you know, sort of widen this conversation to your household members. So whoever that happens to be, I want to encourage you to ask them, what is actually working better now? Or at Mm. least what's working okay right now? Um, You might be surprised to know that, you know, the people you live with, the, the small people, the large people, the adult people, the children people, you know, they possibly have also been thinking about this as they approach their next steps. Maybe not directly thinking about it, but it would be a really great opportunity for them to, you know, like spend a few minutes. Like what is actually working? What do they like about what's happening? Are there observ- them you might also find that their observations are different than yours. So I think it would be a really interesting thing to talk about, especially given Christine's wise, you know, sort of observation about family systems that every change one person makes affects everybody else. So consider it. Ask people what's working right now. I love that idea. And my idea will go directly with that. So I will say that should you take Asha's edit to to life, bring a pen. (laughs) Uh, Because my edit is to write down the pros and cons of right now and this past year, like right now. So this was actually my first tip in the Washington Post article. And I think it is so crucial because time definitely has a way of eroding our memory. And actually, this makes me think it's a very direct parallel to the more or less list that we talk about in minimalist parenting. It's just jotting down, you know, what's working and what do you love right now? And what did you really not love and want to have less of in your life? So I think it's a good parallel. And this episode has actually kind of been like the audio version of that for me. I'm sure mm-hmm. I could jot down a few more things, but I think mm-hmm. it is really important to document that. So you just kind of have a roadmap going forward. Absolutely. So important, especially as things are still changing at a pretty rapid mm-hmm. pace, you know, and as people's vaccination status changes, that also changes, you know, what you, you know, what you're thinking and what seems possible. So mm-hmm. writing it down is key. Yeah. All right, folks, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned, plus lots of great related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. And this week, we'd like to know what is one slow thing you want to preserve from pandemic life? Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. We'd also be grateful if you would drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross-type paint-on-paper artists here, 
though we talk to them too, we're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It.